0: Arthur Brewer and Garrett Hope. Welcome to The Career Musician. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I love the fact that what you guys are doing and what you've done aligns really well with The Career Musician. We strive to empower musicians with strategies for a sustainable career. Now, that includes if you're an instrumentalist playing in a backing band for a, a pop artist, or if you're a session cat like myself or a touring cat, whatever, if you're a composer, producer, and so on. So I can't wait to hear all about what you guys are doing and a little bit about what you've done in your own careers.
1: Thanks for having us on. This is just a a real thrill to talk to you and be on your show. So thank you. A little bit about me. I'm Dr. Garrett Hope. I have a doctorate in composition and I was teaching as a university professor for 15, 16 years. And I call myself a recovering academic because what I experienced is this long journey of realizing that I call myself a composer, but I'm paying the bills by teaching. And what is it going to take for me to pay the bills by actually writing music? And that epiphany was that, hey, I'm a small business. And what does it take to be a small business? What do I need to know? And once I embrace that, everything changed. I've started a few other small businesses and the, doing that fundamentally changed the trajectory of my career. And I stopped asking for permission and started creating and finding the opportunities that are there. I love that. The fact that you say, and you say it on your website as well, the portfolio composer, yeah. stop
0: asking for permission. And it's it's so great to hear that. Another friend of mine, Carl Ridlin, an accomplished composer, studio cat out here in LA said the same thing. He said, you know what? Look, if you need permission here, I give you permission. Now just go do it. Really well said, Garrett. Thank you. Thanks. And Arthur. So tell us about your background.
2: I have a music degree. I'm not a doctor, but I do have a music degree in piano performance and I focused on composition. I've been composing longer than I've been doing anything else. Mm -hmm. And after I graduated from college, I was not able to get a job in music but i did have design chops so i went into graphic design and that sort of became a career which led to web design and i started a web development company in 2001 but in 2008 i realized i'd been doing web development and there were some music skills i was able to use my editing skills to do multimedia music stuff in the work that i was doing but i was not able to just outright compose for stuff. so i decided if i'm going to consider myself a composer I have to start doing it. I have to start actually putting notes on paper, creating the music. So I started pulling all my old stuff out and working on music again. And gradually over time, decided that I was also going to promote myself as a professional composer. And so I'd always done chamber of commerce work or connections networking with my web development business. I decided I'm going to promote myself as a professional composer in a business chamber of commerce. And immediately started getting commissions. It led to me getting the, my first orchestral premiere. It then led to me getting my first concert band premiere. And I am now a composer in residence for two of the local ensembles. And that also led to me creating a model for composerinresidence.org, which is basically create your own residency, a way to make a win-win but no cost agreement between a composer and or actually any artist and an ensemble. So you can have a residency without the ensemble having a huge budget to be able to pay you for your residency, but you also get benefit because you can use the ensemble for readings and for performances and so forth. So that then actually turned into, I'll just pause for a second there. Also, I did you know, I did attend the initial Ultimate Music Business Summit that Garrett single-handedly pulled off right after the pandemic had started and offered to help him because I saw he was going crazy while he was trying to run everything in that that live event. And so I said, "Let let me do your social media while you're on there. And so I helped him with the social media. When it came a month or two or three or four later and he was planning the next one, he invited me to help him with the next event. So that's how I got involved with the Ultimate Music Business Summit. But I still do web development work, and I still help people with that. But I'm more and more considering myself a professional composer. Again, working on creating music for live performance, and I love creating stuff for large ensembles.
0: So this is incredible because talking about taking the premise of what Garrett mentioned, stop asking permission, just go forth and do it. And then and taking your tenacity that you just talked about, Arthur, the tenacity of, hey, how can I create composition jobs for myself? You went to the most or to one of the places that most people would not suspect. Oh, I'm going to go get some composition work there. And that, I believe, is one of the keys. I talk about it all the time, the keys to success. And actually, it's a great networking tip. Don't go where there's going to be hundreds of other composers and producers and music makers Go where you're going to be one of the very few and intermingle because now you just stack the odds in your favor. So brilliant execution of these philosophies. And then I love to see the fact that you brought it to life. Continue, please.
2: Yeah. And the thing about this is something that's a champion cause for me. Belonging to a chamber of commerce reminds you that you're a business because you're promoting yourself as being a business being a professional at what you do, it gives you lots of practice at networking. And it gives you practice at things like, for example, the elevator speech, the whole idea that in 15 to 30 seconds, you have to be able to tell somebody what it is that you do and get them sold on why you're the person that they should hire to do it. That's something that you get practice at with business networking events, but it's not something that you really get practice at when you go to just hang out with people who are other musicians. Mm -hmm. It's It's a great skill to have. Plus, it does connect you and it makes you think in terms of connecting to people who can get you business, but who are not necessarily your direct customers. So for example, as a composer or even as a musician or whatever, you could say, I'm looking for somebody who maybe does event planning, who plans weddings. So I can get a gig composing for a wedding or playing for a wedding or something like that. That way, it's going to be a resource who's giving me multiple leads instead of just a one-time one sale kind of a proposition. Most people are hoping to only get married once. The people <laughs> who are event planners are planning and hoping to get lots and lots of weddings. That's the whole mindset change from just networking directly to somebody who you're hoping is going to be that sale to networking with people who can bring you multiple resources. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, Th- imagine this is
0: a microphone, we're gonna drop it. <laughs> Dude, what you just said, there's so much information that we have to unpack because the first thing you said, look, because musicians always come to the career musicians and say, oh, I stink at networking, I'm kind of an introvert, how do I do it? Who just said, become a member of your local chamber of commerce by doing so, number one, it's gonna remind you that you are a business and you have to run your actions as, as such. Number two, it's gonna—it's the perfect training ground to get your networking chops developed. Just those two things right there, we could be done with this whole podcast. That's enough yeah. information oh that everybody needs to just really dive into. But obviously, we're going to go deeper. But this is fantastic. Just mind-blown right
2: there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a safe place. Now, think of yourself if you're a performer. Think of yourself and you are going and standing up in front of a crowd of people who you're telling yourself about yourself. Think of it as just being your audience. Don't worry about it being, I'm giving a speech. Think of it as performing for an audience. But then also think of it as a safe place because everybody who goes into a chamber like that knows how it feels the very first time you go in and you have to talk in front of a crowd. You have to introduce yourself. It gives you practice doing that in a safe place and a place where everybody understands what it's like to do it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Garrett, weigh in here for, with your perspective.
1: I actually wanted to react to something you said about being where the going where there's no competition. And part of that is niching, right? Like being owning a corner of the market where no one else is doing it. And that's the blue ocean strategy. Have you guys talked about the blue ocean strategy?
0: Yeah. I love cool. that. I love that analogy. So please dive in. Go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. For the people who haven't heard it. The idea is sharks in the water always go to where the fish are, right? There's this feeding frenzy. And when everyone's eating, the water turns red with all the chum and fish parts floating around and all that. And when businesses start, the biggest mistake they make is they say, okay, where's all the action happening? I'm going to go there. But the sharks are already feeding and it's re- really hard. To start a sustainable business, if you go to the red ocean. But if you go to the blue ocean, it doesn't mean no activities happening. It just means you can now be the biggest shark in that part of the ocean. There's this great book called The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, and I totally recommend it. And one of the things they teach is that you can't, it's better to be first to the market. So be the first one in that blue ocean, but you can't outdo someone who's already there. You can't out better Apple if you're gonna start a new computer company. You can't out Netflix Netflix if you're gonna start a new streaming company. So you have to differentiate. And part of that is the niche. And I'm sure you've talked about this with your audience a lot, but I tell people that your niche is how you serve your audience and bringing your talent stack. And what happens, and I'm sure you've seen this too, so many people come to us for help and we say, what do you do? And they describe themselves the same way every other single person describes themselves. And what happens is you now are one amongst a sea of sameness. And so why should anyone hire you when the next guy is going to charge me 50%? So you have to bring extra value. You have to serve these people. And that's what we do as musicians is we help an audience get what they want. They come to us for entertainment or education, or maybe they just want to look good. So that's why they go to the opera. like what, Whatever. And so all we do as a business is stand in the middle and say, I can help you. And so you, the more clearly you can differentiate yourself from everybody else, the bigger your blue ocean is.
0: Man, every time you guys, one of you guys speak, doesn't matter who, you get a mic drop. So that's another, another <laughs> official mic drop. In fact, I just came up with an idea. I'm going to get a little like toy microphone and
1: I'm going to drop drink. it. Yeah, <laughs> I could get my 58 out. Those yeah, things are yeah. built out of steel. Right? That's what I was thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. So again, a couple things I want to unpack there because first of all, the blue ocean analogy, the blue water, love that, the red water, blue. And you just, that analogy perfectly describes every music networking event right yep. uh, how many music networking events have we gone to and it's just a bunch of musicians standing around and we're all
1: my music is this my music is that and who cares nobody cares music oh or- my gosh yeah <laughs> the, so this is a real beef of mine actually because Arthur and I actually as composers get booth space at one of the biggest conferences for high school band and orchestra directors and it happens in Chicago. In fact, we're going to be there in about three weeks to do this thing. What's and what happened, it's called the Midwest Clinic. It takes place at McCormick Place. And there's something like 17,000, 19,000 high school teachers there. And as Arthur said, one of our primary audiences for the two of us is to write for these educational groups. That's, a, that's actually bread and butter for us. But what happens is we go with the intention of I want to meet band directors and all of our composer colleagues go and they're like, Oh, I know you let's hang out. Let's go get a drink. And I'm like, Hey man, I love you too, but I'm actually not here to hang out with you. I'm here to network with the people who are actually going to hire me to do something. Really
0: awesome. Again, some of the things I want to unpack there, what you just said is having the focus and the discipline to say, no to your friends oh yeah i would love to go get a drink and hang out. that would be great but i'm really here to do this and i i need to focus on that so that's number one number two we talked you mentioned niche i coined it as the unique sonic niche you have to develop your own sonic niche I love that. specialize in something and i call it again being the specialist if you think mm-hmm. about old mob movies they always have a cleaner or a fixer or a specialist that comes in and they do this one thing and they do it well and they just get called back every time to do that. And I'm a huge proponent of that or a unique identity, like you were saying, or a unique ocean to fish in or a unique business. So whatever, I love that. But here now, the next part of that, of what we're trying to get to is the action part where Garrett, you said, stop asking permission. And Arthur, you said, I'm going to go where some unsuspecting places and start pitching and see what happens. Oh, that reminds me, elevator pitch. So important. So I don't care who takes it from here, but go.
2: Oh, I'll just riff on the elevator pitch. The whole idea of being able to market yourself. When you're marketing yourself, you have a whole different range of places, a whole universe of places to market yourself. So there's online marketing, there's social media stuff, there's your website and have a website. Just, it doesn't matter if it's the most fantastic website in the world, just have a website, have it, have the information and have the stuff that people need to have to find you. And Do social media, do marketing, but you need to have a consistent message. You need to have different sizes of that consistent message. What would you do if somebody asked you to talk for five minutes about what you do? What would you say? What would you say if somebody asked you to talk for 30 seconds? You only have 30 seconds or 15 seconds. What's your tagline? Do you have a tagline? A tagline is literally just like five or 10 words that are your slogan. So for example, right now for my composing, my tagline is music drawn from your heart. I create music drawn from your heart. And so I can just say that to somebody and that makes them, what do you mean by that? And they can ask questions later, but I create music and I it, make it personal to whoever it is. So that's something else. What is your own personal tagline or your own slogan? Come up with something like that. So in two or three or four seconds, you can describe what it is you do. How can people get in touch with you? How can they find you? What's a quick way of them finding you? Whether it's a URL or social media, what's your handle? And is your handle Mm -hmm. easy to remember and easy to spell? All of these different marketing approaches, this is also, we have marketing people presenting at the Ultimate Music Business Summit. In fact, the keynote speaker is talking about your brand and branding yourself, making sure you brand yourself now with whatever it is you feel your brand is going to be. It's all part of marketing yourself. Now, if you're not thinking of yourself as being a business in the first place, and business isn't a bad word, you're basically out there providing a service, people are providing you gratitude. And I say people provide you gratitude, people are paying you, money is just gratitude. So think of it that way. Don't think of money as being bad or evil or the sort, the root of all evil, all those stupid little things people say about money. It's gratitude. It's just somebody thanking you with something physical that they can thank you with in their hand. And that. Is what business is. And we are in business to provide a service to people. But if they can't identify us, if they can't identify us, if they don't know we exist, because we don't have any marketing out there, then we're failing in that part of reaching out to the people that we can serve with what it is that we do. So really work on your marketing chops and your sales chops. And sales, again, sales is just telling people what it is you do and why they should hire you to do it. Because Mm -hmm. you're good at what you do. You've been practicing this stuff
1: for years. You're good at it.
0: That's right. And it's okay to say that. It's okay. It's not being
1: arrogant to say that, yeah, I'm really good at what I do. No, not arrogant at all. So there's a formula often for this elevator pitch or any way you talk about yourself. And generically, it goes like this. You say, "Here's I am whatever. I do this thing for these people and they get this benefit out of it. And it's really important to include the benefit part because otherwise you're just one amongst a sea of a bazillion others. So as a composer, I can say, I help band directors teach better and create lifelong music lovers, right? So when they're working with a teenager in school, this is the outcome that a lot of teachers want. I can help you do that. And in another side of my career, I'm a church musician. So I help churches create transformative worship experiences with a high level of music, right? Transformative. I'm giving them an outcome. I'm giving them some sort of benefit. And what I see and what I'm sure done is people just saying, I come in and I play killer guitar or I come in and I can out Van Halen, whatever it is. And you're like, okay, cool. Maybe you can, but that doesn't tell me why I should listen. Right? It doesn't tell me why I should care.
0: But perfectly said, yes. And that is part of the stigma that I feel about the whole networking stigma amongst the musician community, is because everybody's just going there, trying to just strut their stuff and talk about them. So I, I love this approach and I love what you guys are doing. And I love that you were able to distill it down into the summit. So now all these concepts and all these things that we're talking about, let's bridge the gap here over to the summit to the summit, and talk about that. Garrett, it sounds like you founded it and then you brought on Arthur as a, a help. And now you guys are partners and talk more about that.
1: Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit of the history of the summit. So in the middle of the all the lockdowns, when no one knew what was going to happen a year, even six months out, I had this idea around Thanksgiving. So two years ago now, I was like, man, I think I could really help people. What if I created a summit? And what I wanted to do was to give people hope. And I wanted to help switch people's thinking to one of business. Stop being panicky. Start taking control. Start creating your own opportunities. Don't wait for that permission. And the tagline for that particular summit was, write your own stimulus check. And it was tremendous and got a huge response, but it was a massive undertaking. And so then I brought in Arthur and another friend of ours, Heidi K. Begay, and the three of us together created a, another one for last year. And now we have the new one. So UMBS 23, that's going to take place just over a month from when we're talking. So January 5 through 7 of 2023. And it, we picked that time of the year. Because it's right after all the craziness of the holidays. For many musicians, December's just nuts. And then you have to travel, and you're with your family, and there's New Year's. And some people then go back to school shortly after. So we found this little teeny gap where there's not a whole lot happening in the world. And it's the beginning of the year, which is a good time to get your butt in gear and get motivated and make some decisions and set some goals. And so the summit right now, we have over 30 presentations with a keynote. And you come and you can go to anything you want. These all take place live. And if you have the VIP ticket, you can then participate in Q&A with the presenter. So you can ask questions related to your situation. Plus, because we have multiple presentations happening at a time, the VIP ticket gives you access to recordings of all the presentations. So we create a membership site at the back end, and you can then watch all this content over and over again. So you don't have to worry about missing something because of work or life or because you went to a different presentation. So I hope I summarized that well. Really well. Really yeah. Little, actually,
0: and I'm just perusing the website. It's summit.biz. And of course, all the links will be here for everybody to check out. Very important to check out if if you are truly a musician seeking to go pro. This is your goal. Then you can't miss this. I love one of the things you say right here. The one thing not discussed in school is that you are a business. And this is what I've always said. I can't believe how much our missions align, actually. I know. It's It's very copacetic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, great word choice. I love that. Yeah. I want to
2: throw in real quick that the uh something that has come up is people asking what the ticket prices are and asking, and then and there's so much resistance to uh, that we're seeing from people who are, who are like talking about paying for an online event. If they were to go to a in-person seminar with 30 potential things for them to attend, they would spend a lot more money than this. They'd have to travel, they'd have to stay someplace. In this situation, you can be at home in your own time. If you get the vip ticket you can watch the presentations afterwards and you can watch all of them because you there's two tracks of presentations so you can only attend really one at a time if you do the vip ticket you can then watch all of the presentations after but if you were to ask somebody how much money will you spend on a piece of equipment how much money will you spend on a piece of software how much money will you spend specifically on training for your skill as a musician or as an artist how much money would you spend to increase your skill in the business of music and to increase the one tool that you have for your entire career, which is your brain, rather than whatever instrument you happen to have now, which you might end up having to get a new instrument in the future. The brain's the only thing you've got that's gonna be with you your entire career. So invest in what's in there. And it's it, this is not an expensive deal. This is a great deal for the amount of resources that you get and the connections that happen too, because there's a lot of networking that happens Even just during the presentations, people will connect as they see somebody ask a question or if they can connect with the presenters as well. So there's networking that's happening on on these events too, as well as specific networking events.
1: Yeah. And telling people like, how much would you pay for a lesson on your instrument, right? You're going to pay a whole heck of a lot just for the regular ticket, or you'll pay more for the lesson than you would on the regular ticket. And the ROI, you, you can go to almost any of these presentations. And if you implement what you learn, you should get the cost of that ticket back and more within weeks. So we have several presentations on how to build a teaching studio because that's what a lot of musicians do, right? We teach other – like I've I built so many studios teaching kids how to play guitar. And that can be quite lucrative. We know people who are making more than six figures just teaching lessons. So what if you could take one of the strategies you learn and turn that into an extra $25,000 this next year? What is that going to do for you? It's really not that complicated. You just have to do the work. You have to change your mindset. And then you have to take the action. Like, holy cow. So many people will learn. They'll listen to a podcast like this. They'll... Pay $12 for a book, or they'll get the cheap ticket and then they won't do anything. And then they say, This doesn't work. It's not for
0: everything, must be followed by action, right? Yeah. You have the discipline to put in those consistent actions. It's useless. I love the fact that you guys did bring this up because a lot of musicians, if I'm a struggling musician, why are you gonna charge me so much money to XYZ? Well, no, (laughs) we have to charge you because A, we are a business and this is how Mm -hmm. part of how we survive. And B, if we don't charge you and just give you everything, there comes a point where you just take it for granted. Yeah. Unless you pay for something, you're not going to take it as seriously. So, very well said. Okay. I want to talk about something now because I don't want people to think that this is just a pitch to sell them on the UMBS. Okay. I want them to understand like how we started. The key here, everybody listening, is Arthur and Garrett. To me, the takeaway is action. They put all of their thoughts, it goes from a dream from a passion into a thought and then into an action. So let's talk about that. And how do you guys recommend getting that fire lit for somebody who wants to really do that?
2: First off, going back to what Garrett was talking about, back to the niche, you know what gives you passion? what gives you excitement for what you do? And what is it about that you know what you do that gets you out there to do it? And if you could do it every single day, if you could do what you love every single day and get money for it so you could pay your bills and so you can cover all your expenses and you can live just doing the stuff that you really love to do, just sit and think about that. How wonderful would that be? How amazing would that be? So look for how you can do what it is you do that you love and go ahead and just every day, first thing, this is a recommendation I make, first thing in the morning when you get up spend time on that. Even if you have a full-time job right now and you're not in music full-time, first thing in the morning after you get up before you go to work, work on what it is you love to do. And work on not only doing it, but work on it, reaching out and finding ways of being able to do it in ways that connect you and ways that bring you do bring you income and bring you a payment for a gig or for whatever. And focus on it first thing all the time. And even if you do have other things that are going on, how can you use the stuff that you love and get those brought more into your life while you're doing what you do for a business? Do you have any spare time for a break when you're taking a break? A great thing to do for your own mind is to focus on the stuff that you love when you're taking a break from work stuff. If something is drudgery (laughs) and you have to do it and you take a break while you're on your break, focus on doing what you love. So that's a way of, to me, of getting excitement about it and getting energy, but just, doing it just actually taking a little bit of time every day to do it and to remind yourself why you love doing it that's going to that's going to be a big step towards the progress and do you know i don't say to join a chamber of commerce that's a business chamber of commerce just to completely extract yourself from having other musicians and other artists around you you need to have that community of your tribe and connecting with the people who are in your tribe is really important because you reinforce each other this is something that I found great in the new music community, specifically through Twitter, which you know happened a long time ago. Uh, Twitter had Muso Chat and a couple of other different good groups that people connected online through that and supported each other. We've had this huge network of people, and people I've never met still, who I've connected through social media, supporting each other and asking questions and helping each other. Even though we hadn't yet met, we all have that passion for what we do. And we get to connect and support each other and and even in some cases reach out for help. How can I do this? Is there anybody out there who can help me do this and so forth? And that's a huge resource to be able to have that tribe of people who do what you do and are passionate about what
1: you do. Yeah. I would recommend if you are just thinking about this and you want to get started, do what Arthur said and figure out what are you really passionate about? And then look yourself in the mirror and say out loud. I'm running a business and maybe that means that you need to get serious about the money side of stuff. So do you file a schedule C? Do you get received 1099s? The government thinks you're a business then. So what does it take for you to legitimize that for the IRS or for your state? And once you do that, then you get new benefits, write-offs and other things you can do. So in fact, the ticket, For this summit, write it off, man. Like when you buy guitar strings or you tune your piano or you're traveling for a gig, write it off. This is not, it's not something that is just an expense. Recognize first, you are a business. And then you have to start learning. So listen to this podcast. Go back to every episode. Read the books. And there are multiple hats you've got to do. Arthur's really given some incredible advice on networking. You have to have a tribe. You also need to get a handle on marketing. How do you tell people about what you do? And that includes copywriting. So how do you write the words that are going to motivate someone to make a change? And then there's the money side. And then there's the artistic side. You got to keep making your music. You got to keep those chops up and you got to show up. You put that all together and now you can find gigs. You can sell your recordings. An almost infinite number of opportunities. And there's stuff out there that no one's even thought of yet as a way to serve their audience. That's going to make you a lot of money and make a difference in your community. Really? Garrett just
2: bounced off of his own podcast right there with a couple of references. The Portfolio Composer podcast specifically is talking about the fact that no matter what it is you do, and we talked about this recently, Garrett and I in another situation talked about the fact that... that. We don't live in the Aussie and Harriet world anymore where, and I don't even know if people listening to this are going to know what Ozzie and Harriet is, but we don't live in the world anymore where you have one career your entire life, you invest in your 401k for your entire life, and then you retire at the end and they give you a gold watch. That doesn't exist anymore. And we all have, as artists, we have multiple channels of income that we can create. So, as we're thinking of ourselves as a gigging musician, we can be also a teacher. We can also have recordings. We can, you, know, you can have all these different ways of getting income coming into you. And why put, why leave anything off the table? I mean, or on the table? I don't know what the, that phrase is. Why leave anything behind when you can have all these possible channels of income coming in through different things that you're already doing? You're basically, you have this value in front of you. Why not create it and use it and get paid for it? I want to cover a
0: couple things of what these gentlemen are talking about, because it's so important, you know, and if you are listening to podcasts, I believe you should just have a notepad and take your own notes. Yeah, there's show notes and there's links, but I personally do not painstakingly go through each episode and put show notes. Hell no, I'm not going to do that. If you don't want to do that on your own, Too bad, I'm providing the info. I'm bringing on these wonderful guests. So now sit down with your headphones and take notes. Starting with, right? Number one, okay, you are a business. If you wanna do this for real, you're a business. And then you gotta figure out your unique approach, your sonic niche, but also your business niche, right? Okay, and then you have to understand the concept of wearing multiple hats. I always put it as PBC, like, Personal, business, and creative. Those are the three hats we have to wear. Personal, you have your family time, you have your health time, and all that stuff. Business, if you're going to do business, for me, I like to do it in the morning, eight, nine o'clock, up until about lunchtime, then I'm done with business. After lunch, it's all creative. And that's the way I like to run my day. But it doesn't matter, whatever works for you, there is no one set way, right? Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to networking, break out of your shell and your comfort zone so these are the notes you should be taking and applying to your life now something i want to talk about a little bit more on the existential side of things where our thoughts right and our words are so powerful yes
2: yeah on that stop saying anything that is negative about Mm -hmm. anything that you do. Stop saying negative things about money. Stop saying things like the starving artist. Stop even having that as a concept. These are false narratives. And we have tons of them in our society. I personally know lots of them around money because I've had problems with money myself. And I hired somebody who is a money coach to help me deal with that. And she happened to be somebody who presented in the summit. Get rid of the negative thoughts in your mind. Get rid of kick Imposter syndrome to the curb. Everybody who is what they do, everybody who's good at what they do, feels like they're not worthy. <laughs> this, this is just universal. No matter who you are, no matter how good you are at what you do, you have this feeling inside that somehow you're faking it and the other people who are doing it aren't faking it. That's not the way it works. And I'll pitch a book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, is a fantastic book. Oh my gosh. One
0: of my favorite books of all time.
2: One of the things he says is if you have imposter syndrome, congratulations, you're the real deal. Because you care about what you do. And the reason that imposter syndrome, the reason your resistance can attack you that way, is because it's thinking, it knows you're thinking critically about what you do. If you're thinking critically about what you do then you're putting your own values on it. You're putting your own worth in and you're criticizing yourself to make yourself better. But people who are fakes don't do that.
0: And oh gosh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art. And we have to fight the resistance every day. What's the resistance? That self-talk, that negative narrative, like you said, that is, is false. I can't
1: augment that really, except to reinforce it. You're, the words you use create your reality. And that's what happens when you use negative language or scarcity based language, such as saying there's not enough or uh, fixed pie type thinking. It's, oh, there's only so many opportunities that then reinforces this uh, attitude and it, it eats itself. And eventually you begin to stop seeing that when you switch your language from one of not enough to plenty or from scarcity to abundance, and you start being grateful for what you do have, a weird thing happens. You begin seeing more ways that you can create opportunities and they're out there. The words you use create your reality. And whether you're talking about your relationships on your personal side or your business side or your creative side, like I've got a great story for that if we have time. Do we? Okay. I've been married about 22 years to the most wonderful woman on the planet. And when we were newlyweds, she was working in a situation where she had four or five older women mentoring her. These were good people. But when they were all together in the office, they just started bitching about their husbands, as people do when you're together. And a weird thing happened is my wife began to realize that as these women complained about the little things that were getting under their skin in their relationship, She was beginning to see those men in that same negative light, even though they were not bad people either. So very early in our relationship, we made the commitment to not speak badly about each other to other people. This is different from when I need help or I need a problem and I need to discuss it with a mentor or a a colleague. This is just when you get together and you just want to belittle and slam. This happens when people get together, right? Like we go and we get drinking and you're like, oh, you wouldn't believe what my wife did this week. What we noticed is that because I was only choosing to use words that built her up in my mind, she built up. The words I used created an entirely new reality about her and it enriched our relationship. Now, that's just on the personal level. What if this happens with your relationship with your business, with the people you're making music with, or money, or whatever it is? So it's, yeah, you, when you brought it up, Nomad, oh my gosh, the mindset stuff is, I, people don't believe me when I say it, but you got to deal with this really early in the process, Because if you're trying to build a business, but you don't think it's possible, (laughs) or there's not enough, what's the point? You're already defeating yourself. You can't have
0: that internal war go on constantly. It is going to seep in. It's going to happen. It's human nature like we were saying. But I always refer to these as universal laws that are irrefutable. You cannot change these. And I don't care which deity you choose or choose not to serve. Doesn't matter. These are universal principles that
2: are in place. Yeah. Yeah. It's just being human. Yeah. And it's the fact that the map is not the terrain. The idea of what's in your head about what's out there is not really what's out there. So why not change what's in your head and what your filter is for what's out there to be open to there being possibilities and be open to things happening and to things being good. Don't focus on negative stuff. Think about the what can be positive, what's possible and what maybe hasn't happened yet. But how can we create it? How can we make it happen? And focusing that way and thinking that way and practicing doing that every single day, because it does take time to turn around your brain. It take, You've got these grooves and it's basically you're in a groove that you've been building your entire life. And for people who you know maybe are starting a second career or a third career as a musician later in life, you have these grooves that have been built in. And the older you are, the deeper the grooves can be and the harder it can be to get out of them. So just every day practice thinking about things that are positive. There's a book, I thought I had it, but I don't know where it's on hand. A book I might just be called Luck. They did a study on people who considered themselves to be lucky. And what was it that people who considered themselves to be lucky did differently than people who didn't think of themselves as being lucky? And it turns out they just had their eyes open in a different way. They they thought of themselves as being lucky and they saw things. I think one of, the, one of the tests or one of the ways of, are you lucky and so forth, was read through the newspaper and when you're done, we'll give you a certain amount of money. But on one of the pages of the newspaper, it said, stop right now and we'll double your money. And the people who considered themselves lucky would see that more often than the people who didn't consider themselves lucky. So they, it's just because you're open to that idea of something being there, you have a more open mind and you're more willing to look for the opportunities that are out there, that those opportunities land in your lap. Because the opportunities are there. You're just not noticing them half the time
0: you just or all the time. The definition uh, of luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. So you're prepared and you're looking for it and you catch, oh, bam, there it is. And I have to say something about what we were talking about, the mental aspect and the, the emotional aspect, optimism versus pessimism. I believe as creatives, we are an open conduit to everything, right? That's how we make such beautiful art in our music. Yeah. So that also opens us up to a lot of negativity and negative thoughts and self-defeat and imposter syndrome. And the business side can be difficult and could be cutthroat and all these things. So I myself went through a transformation pre-pandemic, during pandemic and post-pandemic. And you mentioned garrett what are you offering as a transformative added value to your end user your client something i always like to say is we're not saving lives we're enhancing them so for me i went through this myself where i used to be a pessimist i'm a cuban italian new yorker so like i have this whole thing already you could hear it of course and sometimes i can exaggerate it but as a musician struggling a lot but i've always made a career out of it i was Those grooves in my record brain were very pessimistic. And then through time, with the help of my wife, I'm so grateful, again, as most of us are who have such an excellent spouse or or mate. So, yeah, I do have to say that when you mention that, Arthur and Garrett, exercise it daily you have to retrain your mind. And I think that's the best nugget of wisdom, because that's my final question, words of wisdom. And I think
1: we surmised it there, unless you want to add anything else to wrap this up. I guess the one thing I would add is what I found most helpful in my life to make this mindset switch and in the people I work with as a coach is to keep a gratitude journal. Every day, just write down, 10 things you're grateful for. And you're thinking right now, some of you who are listening are like, so that's gonna be so easy. Cool, do it today, do it tomorrow. Can you do it seven days in a row without just repeating yourself over and over? And oh, you will find that the deeper you go and the more you express gratitude, the more stuff comes into your life because all of a sudden you're grateful for what you have and you're less afraid of what you don't have.
2: Yeah. And that's a mindfulness sort of approach too. being, being mindful of what you have. I practice that same kind of thing where every single night before I go to bed, i I have a few particular people who I will just send a quick text to today was a success because I did this. I succeeded today in doing this today. I learned this. Today I helped somebody by doing this and looking at the things that I, that were positive things from that day. And I realized during the day now, I'm thinking in terms of what have I done already to help somebody? Have I already done something to help somebody? What can I do to help somebody now? What can I do that will be a success now? What can I do to to improve tomorrow right now? And it becomes, it is, it's like the groove. It rewrites the training that you got in your brain.
1: We've been covering so much today, but I want to just tell your listeners that all of this stuff is the fundamental part of running a business and being a successful human, as well as being a successful musician. And we have sessions that cover every single thing we talked about today at the summit. If you want to kickstart 2023, and if you want to... Find better strategies to change your thinking or learning how to market yourself or your ensemble or how to fill a teaching studio so you can make a couple thousand dollars a month just teaching lessons, then it's all here. Come and come to the table. Like seriously, we're inviting you. So go to music summit.biz and get your ticket. I love it. You heard it right here. MusicSummit.biz, I definitely
0: want to attend. And this is the beginning of a great burgeoning relationship between the three of us and our different endeavors. And so again, MusicSummit.biz. And here's the cool part, folks. If you're listening and you're quick... To that opportunity, you're paying attention, (laughs) you have your perceived luck because you are looking for things to happen. Uh, These guys are so gracious they're going to give us a ticket they're going to give one ticket away a $37 value on our 12 days of giving campaign as that we're doing here on the career musician so again. 12 Days of Giving, we are giving the selected winners something fantastic that's going to enhance their careers and help them in their aspirations towards being a full-time career musician. And both Arthur and Garrett have been so gracious to include one of their tickets to their summits. This is a great opportunity. You're going to get all access to all of this stuff for free. And man, Arthur, Garrett, thank you so much. You guys are really just a breath of fresh air. I love everything you're doing and I love what you stand for. And as humans, you guys are just great. Thanks
1: for having us. Likewise. Yeah.